0: Greetings, travelers. The following episode includes a special guest. Now, sometimes our guests speak about uncomfortable subjects. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, I'm author Mark Muncy.
1: And I'm author Erica Lance.
0: And this is Erie Travels. Greetings, Travelers!
1: Greetings, Travelers! It's Nightmare November!
0: Yep, yep, still going on. Oh my gosh, we are, I mean, it's, it's Halloween overtime. still. We're having way too much fun. I
1: don't know why you keep saying Halloween. Halloween is all year for you, so we're Nightmare November.
0: Nightmare November. Nightmare okay. November. All right.
1: But um, we have some breaking news.
0: Oh my gosh, what's the breaking news? The
1: breaking news is we have a new producer and it's somebody who everyone on the show already knows and loves. Yeah. Yes, it is the amazing, the fantastical, the legendary Bo Lake.
2: <laughs> Never been called legendary before. I like that.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it fits well. So, yeah. uh, joined us for our Roanoke episode, joined us for a few of the live Bunny podcasts, Man. Bunny Man Bridge, all that. So, uh... Bo, thanks for stepping up and uh, yeah. joining us. And
1: uh, we still have Callie. Callie. But Callie's got a lot of life, work, all kinds of stuff going on. So they're they're still with us, but yeah. we had to have somebody else to help out because we just keep growing in the amount of episodes and fans. And we love you. So this is the next step, bringing you, uh incomparable. I'm going to keep finding words. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: like it's like all the Marvel. Yes. you know, <laughs> uh, uh, adjectives like. Uh, Amazing, incredible, stupendous, stupendous. and all stupendous, yeah, all that. So, uh, but Bo, thanks for coming in yes. and what an episode to come in on because on top of that, we recently got, I guess, uh, a couple of our fans put us on a Dogman message board. I
1: was gonna say recently, this has been going on for like two months. <laughs> two
0: months, it's still recent to me. Recent. Two months to me, and so so we've been getting tons of our listener questions and our listener emails. have been about Dogman and wanting to know more about Dogman. So I reached out to one of my incomparable and uh, amazing friends who is a researcher in this field and probably one, I would say, of the premier experts on this. And I do not say that lightly. No, no,
1: Mark has been diligently waiting for this amazing person to be able to join us because although Mark does know about Dogman, I'm not going to pretend to know about Dogman, but he I, wanted this person to join us because they are the person to talk they, to. They about are definitely Dog an expert. Man.
0: They've written papers and, you know, and, uh, theses on this. So, uh, and now we've got her in the studio with us. So please welcome, uh, the incomparable Sally Gage. Woo. I,
1: Hi, <laughs> I thank you um, yeah so look at these openings
0: <laughs> you know, we got one of these days we'll trim them down but i no, now I, I like building them up so it's, it's all
1: good <laughs> so sally mark is fanboying again everybody knows this mark goes into fanboy mode but because we ju- have just met could you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came into the world that is dogman
2: um, it goes back to 1987
1: of all years.
2: Time travel um,
0: machine. Way back machine. <laughs>
1: Way back machine. Way, yep. Do
2: the time travel machine noise. It was April 1st, 1987. Uh, WTCM radio in Traverse City, Michigan did a joke. And they thought this was a great April Fool's joke by making a song called The Legend. And The Legend took um, newspaper clippets and news stories and stories about this creature in Northern Michigan that was werewolf-like without saying werewolf. And I heard that and it changed my life. Um, Not only did it one scare me because I lived in Northern Michigan in the woods, but um, it started out that WTCM radio got more people saying that this was true, that this happened to them. How did they know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so it started there. Um, I even went so far in the research as I adopted a wolf and I learned wolf communications and, and how they work and how they move, how how they do everything in, in life. And I went to college for animal science for the first go around. So I got a degree in animal science. I went to college again and got my degree in anthropology. So there's my wolf and man. And um, I started working on my master's working on literature dealing with all the stories and all the all the stuff that comes with it and it just never stopped it just snowballed from there and i like to focus more on the reality of the situation more than the sensational and it's like yes silver bullet was really fun and i loved it but what is the reality of the dogmen that people experience there there's there's a kernel of truth there and like in all legends and all urban legends that there is a kernel of truth and that just tickles my bunions on that one and that's how it started
1: wow and I love to tickle my bunions i'm going to start using that my bunions are tickled um so okay so there's this song. We should try to find that song. I'll, oh. I'll dig for, okay, for it. Okay, dig for the song. Make make notes. Making are, a note. Well, we have the note. producer, have a producer.
0: producer yeah. make. a note.
1: We have a producer. Producer, make a note.
2: Because yeah, I love it, is a, it that, that song and in, in its versions
1: are available on Spotify. There we go. So we need to, so we can link that. So what is your actual first experience, experience, experience with Dogman? Or uh-huh. what people call Dogman? <laughs> well, um.
2: I have always been secondhand. I've always heard reports, but I've never experienced it until about three years ago. I was doing a rescue mission. Um, I was uh, driving to New York and it was written in the tails of a hurricane. So everything was weird and everything was energized. And we were driving through the area a Stark, you know, where all the prisons are and all the swampland is. And Stark, and Florida. Yeah. Stark, yeah. And, um, I first experienced the Kelpie, which I'll tell later. And then later, that same drive, not 20, 15, 20 minutes later, I saw deer eyeshine. And that's not unusual in the woods, (laughs) except for the eyeshine that was behind them, that was about three feet taller, that was the red eyeshine. And I I recognize that from the stories as being dogman-like uh, they, they started to come towards us that they were herding the deer towards the, the highway. And I started to freak out just a hair. And, um, because I'm on a darkened highway and there's a herd of deer and something bigger behind them. And my wife who was with me saw the same thing on her side of the vehicle. They're driving in a V formation. They're driving the deer towards the traffic. Wow. And, um, I, the only thing I could think of was to, I got to get out of this situation because one, if I hit a deer, it's going to total my plastic vehicle. And two, if a dogman hits my car, I'm going to both be elated and scared out of my pants. So, um, I kept driving and I kept a kind of an eye in the back window and I saw the deer cross behind. And, but I never saw the features of the dogman, but I do recognize the tall red eyes. That were driving them. So personal hand experience, they were in a driving formation, driving the deer towards the traffic. Which, predatorly wise, it makes sense because if a truck takes out a deer, they don't have to fight it and kill it. They just pick it up and take it. Yeah, no, that makes sense.
0: And they also make good kill boxes because and it's a wide open box. area. Yeah, nowhere mm-hmm. for them to hide.
2: Exactly, wow. and that was my very first experience in the physical realm with dogmen. Now I've had where I've also, I heard reports where they are telepathic, where they 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 know when you're looking for them and they can either avoid or confront. I've heard this and I'm like, shit, yeah, right. Um, I didn't believe it until I was in uh, a Northern part of Tampa where I was looking and I started having dreams and it was very vivid, real dreams. And I'm like, okay. Maybe I don't want to play. So I stopped and those dreams stopped. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm not what you call a historical person or what have you. I'm very grounded in science, but I take, I give that out there. And it's like, this is what I experienced. I can't tell you how real it was. It was just brain activity, but there we have it. There was some kind of contact that was made that a creature followed me from dream to dream and confronted me, basically warning, and "It's like you don't basically you don't want to do this." And I stopped, and it stopped, and I'm like, "Okay, I, I respect that because if all reports are true, these things could tear my arms off, and I'm I don't want that to happen."
1: <laughs> so that was going to be my question, as you know, Mark has been in the wild, wacky world, um, this kind of wild, wacky world. I come from more of a true crime much darker i feel like almost side of things but um me too (laughs) yeah that's where i
0: live um
1: and one of the things that's been interesting to me about dogman and hearing stories about dogman and things like that versus bigfoot and some of these other cryptids that we talked about right is Mm -hmm. they seem very aggressive like they, you know, you you talk about going and looking in for Bigfoot and stuff and it seems like for the most part the stories I've heard and I haven't heard all of them so listeners don't go crazy. Of course if you want to share stories don't there's not a lot of judgment because we haven't really gone down the Bigfoot rabbit hole and talked about it a lot with anybody but they seem like dogman is more of a hunter, more of a predator than some of these other cryptids have shown themselves to be for the most part, right? There's I'm going to leave it to you now, but that's what I, I, my perception has been thus far as like, and when people go, I'm going to hunt for dog men, I'm like, that seems like a very dumb thing to do. (laughs) So what is your perception there? I feel I can only go based on
2: the science of what I know. Um, I know wolves and I know that they are an apex predator. Taking on that, what I know of, you know, the wolf and just extrapolating from based on other canids and other top predators, they have a territory marked out and it is transient. They move in that area. They mark their territories and that is their home base. I view of the cryptids out there that they are predatory and they are dangerous. However, if you don't muck with them, they don't muck with you unless encroached upon. I have heard of several accounts where they have gone into even well-populated areas. I think that's transient. I don't think that's hunting. But if you go looking, they're going to defend, like any wild animal, even people. If you go into some guy's house that says no trespassing, if you go in there, dollars to donuts, you're going to probably get shot. So... We are no different than them, and they are no different from us in the fact that they have their territory staked out. I want to know, personally, I want to know genetics. I, 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 I talked to another uh, podcaster where I would love to get a hold of fur, skin, bone, but I have a theory on as to why we don't find this, and um, it could it, it could be the very fact that they eat their dead. Mm. interesting
0: yeah that's that's been a common i've heard that before from a couple other investigators too where it's
2: common for mothers to eat after birth to not leave a scent it would also make sense if there's a death that they would be eaten too there would be nothing left behind you would not leave a trail an existing trick like follow me here it would be eliminated and they can move on do Um, you think they're more pack animal like
0: like wolves
2: Yes, they are. I, I believe because I've only really heard of solitary males or family units. So that would <laughs> that would
1: be on track with wolves. What is what is OK, I'm just going to ask this in okay. in your research and everything. What is a dogman? What is the description? Because it's not a werewolf, right? It's not somebody who no. shifts or.
2: No, it's it's a, a dogman is a dogman. It, do, it does not change form except from puppy to adulthood. It is, it is a creature. And a lot of people say, oh, you're, you're crazy. There's no such thing as Bigfoot UFOs and all this stuff. And it's like, well, there's literally thousands of people every year that see these things. Why would a cop or a paramedic or, you know, uncle Joe up in his trailer, why would he make this up to be ridiculed? Right. They, They, this is, there's, there's a kernel of truth there. Do I know exactly what they are? No, I have theories. Just like the majority of the researchers out there, we have grainy footage. And why can't we get a good picture of a dogman? I also have a theory about that. There's um, in the cells of a squid, the Mm -hmm. clematophores allow them to change rapidly, change their body shape and texture and color. What if they had clematophores that help them camouflage?
0: Them. That would that would fit Dave Pilate's yeah, yeah. theory on them because that they, they, they you know he says that they're kind of like the predator effect we like to call it cloaking
2: and that is that is the result of clematophores within their hair structure to do that it is it, it is within me. our our scientific knowledge that is fact maybe they have developed something beyond you know a, a cephalopod so I have I have questions that I would love to get answered all I could do is theorize. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah and i mean and that's sadly you know for a lot of these uh, investigators they like to come out and say oh i'm an expert on this i I'm, I'm an expert on this and because they've had one experience or they've you know read one book on it or something and it's like you know that's what we don't like to put that expert you know stamp on anybody when you when you called me an expert it's
2: like i i'm uncomfortable with that even though i've been studying this for a good portion of my adult life um, I'm not out there with my crews and my camo and digging through the woods looking for a, a, a werewolf. I have to be selective about what I research, and I try to find the science because ultimately it's the science that people are drawn to. Just like it's it's the ridge lines on a fingerprint or it's the blood spatter patterns. I I want to see what could lead to that. Like I think when you, you were out. Doing actually field work in uh, North Carolina, I think it was, and you ask, "What do I look for?" And it's like, look for roadkill.
0: Yeah.
2: It, the the more roadkill there is, more than likely that's the area because the animals are coming in from the woods onto the roads. They yep. try to flee the big predators, and when you start seeing that, you know there's there's something a big predator in the area. That's common sense hunting
1: no-
0: knowledge. Yeah,
1: so if- I I also don't think one should be hunting these. No, so no, no. I, are doing,
0: no. I was, I was doing research. Uh, I think that was actually Ohio when we, when I called you because we were doing that. There'd been those articles about a non-human creature attacking animals, and it turned out to be a bear. But you know, when you get those articles, of course, that pings all kinds of red flags for us that are in this field, and you know, and researchers. And I was just, I happened to be in the area, literally an hour from the area where these articles are coming, and I'm like. Okay, let me reach out to my, you know, bigfoot hunting friends and my dogfoot man hunting friends, and of course, none of them were anywhere near where I needed them to be. And I'm like, oh God, I'm the boots on the ground. That that's no good. Uh, but that's when I was like, Sally, what am I looking for?
1: You know, it. What is the lake? Because we were just land um, between the lakes. The land between the lakes. So this is something that's interesting, and I'm, I don't know if you have a perspective on this. Is that there have been a lot of disappearances of people up in that area and the main cryptid a lot of people talk about being up there is the dog man right yeah and there have been a lot of people that have gone missing and we had a really interesting listener kale where it sounded something where something was coming kind of hurting around the camp of one of our people that uh wrote in and then they laughed you know like intelligent people do you know <laughs>
0: but- <laughs> That's what I thought well, they were able like, to write us, and unlike the yeah, other people they're... who had disappeared yeah. the week before. And that was the thing. We looked it up literally the week before two people, two campers have been missing and you know haven't been seen since. You know, yeah. They went to Land Between the Lakes and uh you know their tent was found and that was it. Yeah. You know, so
2: well, if you go back to the land between the lakes, it's the nineteen eighties case where the family was torn to pieces. Yeah. Um They found the family not long after the occurrence happened. And it was a mother, father, brother, little girl. And when I say tour to pieces, I mean tour to pieces. And this was just a horrific account. And they found the little girl up in a tree. That's where her body was.
1: Find that article so we can share it with the listeners. Oh, no, there's a lot of articles on that.
2: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of articles. And there's been several podcasts and whatnot about... People who had witnessed that, the, the law enforcement who witnessed that, that were completely scarred for life.
1: Yes. Think, um, go ahead. I was going to say, do you think that was dog man versus a yeah. bear? Um, yes. For
2: such a large grouping of people to be completely wiped out, it's, it's possible that it's feasible that it could be one rabid grizzly bear. But the aspects and what was found there did not ring true for a bear. Would it be possible for someone to one person to get eaten and hauled off by a bear? Absolutely. It, it, it does happen. Is it possible that a pack of coyotes could have came in and taken a camper out? Yes, possible. But for a, a, a family of four and having the camper tore open and them brutalized in such a way, that doesn't ring true for what I would consider known natural creatures unless they're diseased or rabid like if it was a group of grizzly bears that went in there that they were all rabid yeah sure but what are the chances are of a group of rabid grizzly bears in the land between the lakes kind of small you get the black bears which are really kind of timid and can be spooked away fairly easily just the, the the nature of that i encourage everybody to if you you can read that story uh of the accounts about the land between the lakes in the 1980s it's really quite horrible and just to let you know that it that they these are things not to be played with
0: Uh it was also
2: a a, a different part of the season too i think it was really early spring yeah really before camping really was hitting its heyday before things had a chance to move out uh because like i said wildlife is transient and when they know people are coming in, they kind of get out of their way because they don't want contact. And so this was early in the spring, really early, early in the spring, like in February. I don't remember the time, but um, it was definitely off season and they were definitely brutalized in the most heinous fashion.
0: And it's that that site has become kind of a tourist attraction for, where yeah. all the dogman hunters will go to that site and start that as their, their base There's- for moving out. And every time someone goes there, somebody talks about some new evidence that they found, and it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, one of our fellow podcasts, uh, Hellbent Holler, mm-hmm. did a recent where they she went out and did a big investigation there with her, you know, her and her uh, team, and they came back with uh, they they were on their way to the site, and they noticed stuff. They were just a mile away, and they noticed stuff. And so they actually wound up using that as their base. And then when they finally got to the site, they found even more. Uh, so that area is still a hotbed, even, you know, you know, years on, decades on. It's still crazy. Yeah,
2: I also recommend reading the local legends of Land Between the Lakes. Like, go beyond. It's like, oh, it's a Bigfoot or Dogmen uh, hotspot. But look into uh, native legends and what people have seen prior to the big upswing in the Dogmen. Uh, encounters it's been there they've been there for a long time and yeah, they generally don't cotton to humans being there they just don't
0: there's That's, a reason why we never settled that area when the pioneers went through they went nope we're just gonna keep on moving <laughs> they, they yeah, pulled it. air, <laughs> gun. air gun.
1: we're like <laughs> you know what after one attack we're good we're gonna go
0: we're, we're just gonna we're, the- Look, the other side the river looks so much park. better. It's yeah, all good. Let,
1: yeah. let, plenty of views. Plenty of views. Let's go. <laughs> we'll make this a state park, and we'll call it a day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's good. good yeah, good. actually, we'll just tell everybody not to go here. Yeah, yeah. And then later, we'll be like, state park, this seems like a good idea. <laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. You know, um, I want to ask one last. So what has been one of your favorite or most prolific, I don't want to say, whatever dogman stories, like something that has stuck with you since you began your research into this topic. Besides obviously that one where the family is slaughtered. That's very,
2: that's pretty. That, that's big. My, my top two
1: are one. When the song,
2: the legend came out, it literally says my hometown in the song, the Manistee national forest. That's where I live. That's my hometown. Now I knew a gentleman who experienced a dog man in all its glory on Manistee Lake where it swam from the shore to get him at his boat. It traumatized him.
1: And uh, that he- would traumatize me as well. Like that's right? something, like you might see it on the edge of the lake. and be like, oh, that's not good, but I'm in a boat. And then it gets in the water and you're like, dear God, I can't <laughs> <laughs> It swam at me. Time to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And that is literally a lake that I've swam in and a lake that I fished on. That's, that's my hometown. So again, that is dealing with this is coming into my territory as a human being. This is, this is my home. And that's what really got me moving on the dogman research. Another one is a fairly recent one that happened in Connecticut. I've heard this story a couple of times where paramedics were in an ambulance and they came up con a pack and they did a very triangulated attack formation where they had one in the front and four in the back. And they were taller than the top of the, the main one was taller than the top of the ambulance, which was about nine feet. And then two smaller ones that were checking the doors. And the ambulance driver said he saw the handle trying to be jimmied. He, he said they had hands and they were trying to open the doors while the other one kept them distracted and their account is just astounding and to me indicates very high intelligence and knowing how to work handles knowing how to stop a vehicle and knowing that there's something inside that they could eat that they could manipulate and what happened that they finally these things went away and they saw the the main big gray one in the front he just in one bound leapt over um, some bushes and some trees and they were gone. And it took the one guy who was relaying the story said it took him 10 years to get his partner to talk about it because it was so traumatizing. And to me, it's like, these are guys that are professionals. They were doing their job and something like this happens. It's like that lends complete credibility. And I want to know more about these creatures and how many more of these go unreported.
1: Well, I it's interesting because if your theory about them eating their young and stuff like that is accurate. Um and eating their, they make, eating their dead. Sorry, not their young. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was horrific, Erica. What are wow. you doing? Myself. No, um eating their dead, but if you think about it, and I'm sorry, I'm about to offend listeners out there. Uh-oh. Okay, trigger warning trigger, again. Trigger warning. Double trigger, warning Double trigger warning. Double trigger warning. Um, Humans are easy prey for things because in general, like a nine foot wolf type thing, what the hell are we going to do? If we have a gun, that's one thing. Armed, we're dangerous, but not armed. We're not outrunning them. We're not doing any of that. We are squishy, fleshy. You don't have to eat the fur. Like There's a lot easier than even a deer because... Mm The fur on a deer is, I'm sure they don't love that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. No, that's,
0: that's like what the one guy who was, uh, one of the guys I talked to said, one of the best things you could do is, you know, just roll up in your camp bag, you know, and that way it doesn't smell you anymore. And I said, no, now it's just going to say, oh, that one has a wrapper.
1: Yeah, exactly. Sealed <laughs> <Yes>. for
0: freshness. <laughs> exactly. You, <know? laughs> oh, look
1: you, it, you look at the, you know, there are people that are missing all the time, but if you think about it, a, a child, all these, they're very easy and then they're just crunchy like yep.
2: and you know well, uh, well, well, are... well, look at look at the human beings um we have a, a diet of high sugar and high fat so that makes our meat nice and tasty we don't have big defenses like big claws and big teeth we don't have a full hairy coat or armored hide yeah that's a delicatessen right there
1: we <laughs> we are we are munchable it's very true but, i've been watching morgan Friedman on the planet earth special on uh, netflix yeah. but that's exactly what he's talking about he talks about how The the Predators developed with the the, the claws and the this and the speed and the armor plating and things like that. And, you know, I know we need to go to break, but guess what we're not good at? Any of that. No, so no, we are no. just squishy meatballs for them to go out and go, yep. you know what? If we just have to open a door, we can get this squishy thing that's
0: inside them. the nice thing is, is we do have these big things that make a lot of loud noise and can shoot pointy things. Uh, and that and that does tend to scare them off because that's a, a lot of the hunters and things that I've talked to where they've felt in danger for life. Finally, made enough ruckus, just like scaring off a bear, right? You make enough noise, sometimes the bear'll leave you alone. Although grizzlies sometimes take that as a, a sign of, oh, oh, all right, let's let's throw down. But uh, you know, dog man tends to run off when you when you start using the big gun, so it knows this is a danger. But that's what it takes. It doesn't you, know, you throw a rock at it. Guess what? You're just, just pissing it off yeah, You've just also if you just have a, a small
2: sidearm, you don't, and if you don't have a big firearm. If you shoot one, you're just gonna make it angry. <laughs>
0: <That> is, <laughs> and you know, then it's like a charging bull. Yeah, if you yeah, don't hit the right spot, you've you've it, made if, life worse. So
1: it's almost like having one of those um, fog horns would be almost better. You know that? Right.
0: Yeah, that might actually work. That might actually. It might, it
1: might actually something. work. Yeah, yeah, some
0: people use concussive and stuff like and sound things to to chase them off. I know it was that stupid uh, death whistle, the African death whistle thing. Yeah. Uh, some one guy used one and it chased away a dog man, according to his story. So I, he had, I
1: believe it because that's the noise is what's scary to them until they actually get hit. Yeah. And that's if you can see, but if there are nine of them or something, you're, yeah. oh, you better be yeah. like some sort of like movie, like
0: you know, your,
1: thing to get away from them.
0: <laughs> and your encounter, Sally, that uh, bit driving through the road, I had a very eerily similar uh, email from a. A recent one that I think is gonna be on a future listener tale. And that one was very similar where he was driving along the roads. Uh, he was in northern Georgia and uh on a back road. And then that's when he saw the deer come across and he was slowing down because he was, you know, worried that there might be more deer. And then that's when he saw the big thing three steps across a two-lane highway. And that's all it took was three steps and it was gone. And that's when he was like, Okay, I didn't believe in dog man. But now I do. So you know.
2: and, and that's how a lot of people they say, I don't believe in that kind of Hokum until they're driving along a road and until there's one staring at you in your car window, until there's one looking at you on your hiking trail. Because honestly, when you just talk about it in passing, it's fantastical. It's like, oh my God, a werewolf? Are you crazy? Those don't aren't real. Well, maybe they are in a sense. Maybe the basis of a lot of these old werewolf tales are actually dogmen. No, it makes they sense. Have, it really does. you have Roman accounts. Well, you know, Lycan, King yeah. Lycan. Okay, the dog men of Rome. There were lots brain, of them.
0: My brain just shut up. Uh, yes, the who they're, discovered them, tribes of them, islands of them, islands
2: of like them, that. and they were they were intelligent. They were communicative they weren't a danger until well humans being humans decided to make it a danger and then we started getting more and more tales of people turning into wolves like the ruguru that's still which the ruguru fest just ended last weekend or weekend before yeah. last in louisiana are still really prevalent why is that it isn't just a passing fad there's a kernel of truth in there and i believe that the dogmen, Ruguru, was it barden booger um <laughs> any of these creatures that are similar could be very much real and just learn to hide from humans and as we as humans are more roach-like on our environment we are taking over everything their territory is getting smaller and smaller so more and more encounters are occurring mm-hmm. it's not fantasy it's very well plausible
1: could be happening yeah yeah no I right.
0: i agree and on that note gang
1: we have to take a get, quick break
0: yep and we'll be back right after this
2: destiny beard the lyrical soprano who will
0: haunt your dreams With her alluring melodies and intricate harmonies, this dark siren of wistful song shall capture your soul and lead you into the night. Check
2: out Destiny's new single, The Haunting Is Over, with international musicians Sam Haynes and Gary Bennett, as well as her other musical works at destinybeard.com.
0: Erie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goatman of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What are those apparitions in Mammoth Caves, Corpse Rock, or the Satan Spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman legacy, Mark Muncy and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncy, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more.
1: back so we were asking i I brought up a question which brought up something sally needs to share so we were talking about things that kind of call out to you in the woods travelers word of advice from erica the nope here is that uh i said when things call out to you in the woods that you're not reaching out to yourself don't answer them like don't don't do that and then sally you said you had this in your house
2: yes and this wasn't even in the middle of the woods this was in the middle of our neighborhood in st petersburg florida and there was a knock at our door and at the window because at the top of our door I had a window and there was a knock and i hear sally open the door and it was my wife's voice and i got you know y- y- that feeling again. Um, I knew it wasn't real because she was in the bed next to me and knocked again. Sally opened the door and it's like, but that's you just say no. Like the old adage is just say no. And I did and made sure the door was locked and didn't open the door until dawn because that's frightening. It, it wasn't just the fact that there was somebody knocking or something knocking on my door. It was using the voice of
0: a loved one to draw me out. And like we were discussing also on the break was that uh, like hyenas you mentioned use can mimic voices and so we were talking they about
2: mimic children's cries and the, the cry of a child so you you want to go out your immediate instinct is to go out and help a crying child well they mimic that and they draw you further out and the further out from your your abode that you are it makes it easier to attack there's been several instances i've, I've read several accounts where a mimic was used, whether it be a child's voice or a child's cry to draw people out of their, their homes. And um, I think it was that one boy in Kentucky who was drawn up the mountain and that's where they ended up finding him.
0: Yeah. Um, it, he was hearing it yeah, was his mom's voice. They said, or something
2: like that. It, it was, it was, it was a familial voice that had to have drawn him out That did draw him out, and he ended up not surviving that encounter.
0: Yeah. He said he heard something outside. He went outside. They were like, all right, go check on it. And then he was never seen again. Well, well, they found him. Yeah. This is
1: why I say no and just let it know. If something's talking to you, (laughs) nope, walk away. Don't even reply. Just walk away. (laughs) Just no. Lock doors, walk away. Not your thing. Because there are so many different things that have this i think as a hunting and um uh as a lure like it's a hunting technique you know what i mean for whatever they're trying to do scare you get your body
0: whatever just myriad of things yeah separate you from the herd separate you
1: from the herd because god again we're squishy so and, uh, and tasty <laughs> yeah, tasty and squishy this yeah, is my yeah. new theory i'm gonna that's, be like that's it. All oh, right. yep. tasty and squishy. hey that's
0: the whole reason the dodo became extinct because one encyclopedia once listed how tasty they were guess what now there's no dodos so <laughs> you know that's, i wonder if they were tasty and squishy uh, but- um uh, well, we shall never know. Yeah, I
1: will never. Well, I don't know they're bringing a mammoth back. They're bringing a
0: mammoth back. Let's bring back dodos. I'm, they're
1: going to bring back crap that should. Okay, just nobody watches what? Jurassic Park. I'm like, just watch one of the movies You understand why this is a bad idea. Anyway, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You brought them back because they look good, but these plants are poisonous. Pay attention, people. No, we don't. We like to make the same mistakes all over again. Okay, let's talk about pulpies, though. Yeah. So you, let's you first saw... start with what is a Kelpie, Mark? Oh, Mark, go ahead. Or Sally, Sally, go ahead. What you is know, a
2: Kelpie? Is. Uh, Kelpie is an Irish folklore animal that is a horse that lures people from their safety to the water where they either drown them or kill them in some way. They are considered a malevolent creature, and they look like a horse covered in seaweed or some other type of vegetation now i have had the great pleasure of actually seeing one not something that i anticipated nor was i really researching because i really didn't know that much about them i love horses yes but um i never delved into that area and it was that same that same trip that we were going to um new york with that i saw the dog men on i saw the kelpie And it was literally, I recognized the shape of the horse because I'm an equestrian. Mm -hmm. And I saw this horse coming up out of the the ditch and coming onto the the main portion of the road. And I slammed on the brakes because it's a horse. And it was a good 16 hands high. And if you're familiar with horse terms, that's a fairly big animal. And as it came up, it looked dripping wet and looked like it had all these vines on it. And as soon as the front hoof touched the concrete, it dissipated. It just went into like this mist and it just went away. And Lisa, my wife was sitting right next to me. And I'm like, holy shit, did you just see that? And she was pasty white. And I'm like, did you just see that? She's like, I think so. I'm like, tell me what you saw. And she, she told me the same thing. It looked like a horse. And I'm like, holy shit, excuse my French, um, I got to call Mark. I I have to call Mark. it's like, so I I made a note of it. And then it was, like I said, later, I ran into the dog men and their herding technique. And by the time the morning came, I was like, I got to tell Mark what happened. And so I go, have you ever heard of this wet horse thing in Ocala, near Ocala? He's like, it just so happened that I had a listener tell me the story. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't. can't believe it
1: this is
0: the kudzu kelpie right the kudzu kelpie we dubbed it it the kudzu kelpie because it the the truck driver when he saw it now he had emailed me he had heard me on coast to coast and a few other shows and like i said i was known as the Erie, florida guy forever still i'm still known as that and uh this guy sent me an email to the Erie, florida email and i had just put it in my file folder of unusual things to look at later because I only look at things once I've had a second or third encounter because I don't want to just be, Oh, you know, like vegetable man story from Kentucky where one guy was high as a kite, saw a weird alien. And, you know, and people still take that as, Oh, this is a solid encounter for alien activity. I'm like, one guy saw it, admitted he was high. That doesn't count. <laughs> you know? But, but this guy, so this truck driver told me he saw, he was, he was a little further North uh, up, uh, up near I-10, I-95 junction and he saw the same damn thing. So it's. Um, Do yeah. we
1: think this is a fae though? Because one of the things that, um, having been to Ireland and actually seen their kelpies near their airport and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? I feel like this is almost like a fae type thing, malevolent but a fae. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed, yeah. and I also think that when
2: people immigrate to different areas and they keep their stories alive, they keep that energy alive they can manifest that energy. Now in Ocala, what is prevalent in Ocala? Horses. Horses. And horses and horse lore and horse myth are still there. And of course the Kelpie is going to be one of them because a lot of people were Irish by origin that work with horses. And it's only natural that sooner or later a manifestation of a fae would occur in those areas. And I think that's what the Kudzu Kelpie may be, a manifestation of that legend from Ireland. The more we believe in something, the more it is apt to manifest.
0: And we've had a third and a fourth sighting. One was from a train conductor and another truck driver, and they're all in those same areas, all up and down the uh, I-75, I-95, that 301 junction there and it's all over that area. And, and there happens to be a lot of construction going on, destruction of old growth forests and stuff like that, that are, because uh, Amazon's building a new distribution center, the the new giant Bucky's is gonna go there. There's a lot of fun stuff, so. Well,
2: there's also um, a Swampland preservation area where it is literally a protected area. Yep. And that's where I saw the Kelpie. It's like, it was literally coming out of, of that near road construction, speaking of construction because yeah. they were widening the road and yeah. that construct- that construction i think when when you got a hurricane which stirs up everything mark you know yeah the atmosphere everything is so wound up and then you've got construction on top of that manifestations of different things are going to occur whether it be a ghost ghouly, kelpie Dogman, sasquatch whatever things start to be seen or it's easier seen because there's so much energy in the atmosphere
0: yeah and it and like i said it also is you know we disturbing habitats disturbing yeah no that's what we've things, talked
1: so. about a lot is that you know i feel like some of these things and some of these things you know that um uh, N- native americans or whatever they talk about the there's a lot of protection spirits and things like that that do certain activities and you're destroying all this natural habitat so it's not surprising that more and more we're seeing some of these things that in the past even in other countries have been described as protection or like sig- uh signifying bad omens and things like that well you're destroying all this land it's not surprising that nature spirits would be like hey so we're gonna have this conversation called i'm about to drown you like that's like (laughs) exactly well even look at a dog man a lot of a theory
2: goes in the fact that they are actually protecting native american burial areas and um, that's why they they smell different than a sasquatch. Where a sasquatch smells like a wet monkey or covered in poo, a dog man smells like death because they are grave protectors, and they that's where they dig and they hide. Not to mention, dogs like to roll in dead things. They do. If you have a dog that runs outside, you know this is to be true. Um, dogmen have been seen around grave areas, and indian burial areas that's yeah. where they are the fiercest and where they have been known to be the most aggressive so that makes sense also with the line between the lakes
1: area yeah
2: but well, that is a a secret-
0: okay.
1: yeah it makes sense okay so we're we're gonna run out of time but i know mark has um a desperate need to talk hellview cemetery Oh hell you So I am going to lean back in my chair and let Mark go down memory lane with you, Sally. Uh, so no, oh. as I
0: Sally before we called that uh you know we had the uh the wonderful joy of running Helvie Cemetery, our haunted house in St. Petersburg for almost uh-huh. years. It was crazy. <laughs> uh and we had what, how many we had like five thousand people a weekend coming through our backyard. It was nice easy. Easy. I remember when the first time we hit a thousand, we were like, "Wow, this is great!" And then the next year, it was like, "What? What happened?" It was like we couldn't keep count. It was so crazy. But um, now you know the house well, yes. Uh, and uh, you you were one of the kids' babysitters for a long time.
2: I was and- their nanny from the time they were eight months old. Mark.
0: Yeah. Yep, <laughs> yep. You were there almost more than I was. Now I know you had some experiences there.
2: Oh yeah. So- um. Between Sarah in the house. And outside of the house, um, with the fear monger, whatever that thing was that was walking through and stomping and throwing leaves in the back, that was not very friendly. And it God, no. I didn't really like that. But uh, Sarah was a lot of fun. Look at Jimmy and his pencil incident.
0: Oh, yeah. And, to explain that one real quick, because that's, <laughs> that's a great story. As,
2: as the listeners may or may not know, you are a huge nerd. And in turn, we played dungeons and dragons
1: that, sally don't worry they they've come to realize that fact i
2: didn't run a, spoiler alert
0: he's a no nerd. no no it's all good it's all <laughs> good. good
1: um we got together every week and we
2: played dungeons and dragons and there was one it was time it, it was old school and we're all in the living room and this was a particular time it was i think it was right around halloween yeah. and Things were active. You know, you'd hear knocks and bumps and what have you. To my right sat our friend Jimmy. If you knew Jimmy, he's your only gothic redneck you're ever going to find. And he loves all things supernatural. However, this time there was a flash of light almost directly in front of him. And we all saw it. It was like a little blue light and went poof. And out of that light, a pencil, one of those mechanical pencils, dropped into his lap after he was just saying he was looking for his pencil. We saw this, and I thought Jimmy couldn't get any whiter, but he turned a very gray, pasty white. And he looked away, and I'm like, oh, my God, did you just see that? And Mark was like, that didn't just happen. And Tony's like, I think I need to go. And Pat's like, oh, my God, it's going to get Jimmy. Because it literally there was a materialization happened right in front of Jimmy. Yep. And we, we saw it. We witnessed it. And we did what any good nerd would do. And we just kept gaming because it was just too weird not to.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was, hey, he got his pencil back. We were good. Oh, he he got, got his pencil,
1: pencil back. Something brings you so? pencil. Be happy you got a pencil.
0: It's time to play. Yeah. Time to roll dice. Yeah. The, now, the, um, now, we, we were talking about the fear you know, Before We brought it up a few times. Callie and uh, Beth were really digging into that when we did the Hellview episode mm-hmm. early on. Now, you had uh, an experience with that as well. Right. Where it was trying to let you know that it was, uh, it was looking for you. Uh, if I recall.
2: It was, it was walking. Like you could hear things again. This goes back to, it harkens back to the calling out and I could hear something and it would walk back and forth by the window back by Beth's room. It would walk and call and you would hear keys jangling. Like it had keys. And it was it left you with one of those feelings like and you know if I open that door I think I'm gonna be axe murdered right there <laughs> um so I obviously kept the door shut but um deep inside you just I just wanted I wanted to go out there yeah. and cooler mind says don't go out there dude you're gonna get axe murdered when Hellview was not in operation this was happening when Hellview was not in operation it was moving through the pattern of. Of, of the exterior haunted house. Um, so you could hear it walking and you could hear it come from the back to go up the side gate and you would hear the keys jangling and it was unnerving. It, it really was. But um, for whatever reason, I think it was your religious neighbor who didn't like Hellview after <laughs> we told him we were doing a charity. Uh, yeah. They did prayers for us. Uh, it didn't come back for a while. Sure.
0: No, it definitely it, it, we also did the big purge the one time where we uh the kids were gone for the summer and um uh, everybody was over for a gaming night and we heard weird noises. So we looked into what was then Callie's room, which later became my bedroom, and we saw the mist.
2: Was that the one that grabbed you by the shirt and shoved you yep. in-, so we was in the closet? Shoved me into
0: the closet. Yeah, yeah. That I still that shirt is yeah. on
2: good times there,
0: my, my <laughs> ripped up shirt i put on our ripped up zombie because waste not want not we're haunters so <laughs> uh, man yeah that was a crazy night and I, I just remember the mist rising up and jimmy going do you put hand see in that? It. do you see that and it was like and it literally looked like it was putting on gloves like it was about to kick our ass and literally it did so you know but uh
2: more <laughs> importantly, it kicked Mark's ass, and then we stepped back. <laughs> yeah.
0: Don't
1: have to outrun your enemies, just your friends.
0: When you see that, right. when you see the nearly 300 pound guy get thrown through a closet door with nothing pushing him, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was that was that was Jimmy's quote it was like, When a saw Mark get lifted off the ground about a foot, it was time to go. <laughs>
2: Uh, the closeness of friends.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. I was like, "Thanks for having my back, Jim." Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> re- remember, you and the girls were out of the house, and we asked if we could do uh, a ghost investigation of your house,
0: and I got all those really cool pictures. Yeah, I was gone. Yeah, I was. Yeah, in- and for a GameStop and, conference, so yeah.
2: And they re- they responded really well. Um, it would literally, if you ask a question, it the lights would respond, or or things of that nature. We got some really great orb pictures that. It could have been dust, but the one that we took in Callie's room with that big, long ribbon
1: oh yeah—that
2: um, was, was not. Yeah, so, was, yeah, no, the, the experiences in that house were astounding. Like the time that I was asleep in the bathroom and uh, Sarah was in the garbage, rattling the garbage, and Pat wouldn't move. I'm like, Sarah's in the garbage. He's like, so? And it's like, I'm my head is literally three feet from the garbage can. Please do something. And he's like, whatever. And he rolls over and goes to sleep and it's like, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I'm going to kill him.
0: <laughs> yeah, our boy Pat. Friends. Yep.
1: Friends. True, true friendship there.
0: True friendship there. Now, now, Sally, you also have, uh, you know, you're, you're Native American descent. And um, you've done lots of investigations into that lore. And you know, well, I don't like to call it lore because it's just the way it is. History. Yeah, the history. You're from the uh, Ojibwe tribe. Ojibwe. Correct. Yeah. Well then,
2: Ojibwa Mi'kmaq up in northern right. Michigan, Wisconsin. Yeah.
0: Michigan area. So now you've also you know you've got so that leads you back to Dogman again because that's you know, you've got some dogman activity in that area as well.
2: Absolutely. There is literally uh I was I was reading some old text where um it was how they were pronouncing it in Ojibwa was literally dogman. It was literally the term dog man in that in the language about these uh, guardians of the forest. and they were guardians of burial grounds and sacred areas, describing what we would describe today as a dogman. So it's more than just a song that started in 1987. It's hundreds of years that dogmen and these legends were there, and these stories were at least through my people, in the Ojibwa tribe there. There's these stories and then it goes further west uh, all the way out to um, the Lakotas um, there in the Dakota area where it's the same type of creature, the same type of stories that if you take the base kernel of what it looks like and what it does, just that alone, these stories are prevalent and are there on almost every major continent on this earth. It's not just a Native American, quote, thing. Um, you have them in Russia. You have them in England. You have them in uh, Spain. And you have them in South America. I think the only landmass that doesn't have a dogman story is Hawaii. Yeah,
1: I'll check it out while I'm there.
0: Yeah, you head, and heading there to, so. oh. to check out for dogman.
1: Like, excuse me, have you guys seen a dogman
0: here? They, they definitely come to a luau. They'd come to a barbecue luau. So, but. Uh,
2: Talk, to, talk about the little people of Hawaii and the night marchers. Oh, my God. I would so... I'm, I'm flummoxed and, and fangirling. Um, yes, the little people um, of Hawaii and the night marchers are just amazing stories. Please look into them. They are really yeah. cool.
0: All right. I yep. will, I will. Yeah, yeah, Notes there, producer. Can you, you know, text that to Erica to look on their trip to yeah. Hawaii? So, Remind now, me
1: when I'm what, my blue
0: One more thing before we go into uh, shameless self-promotion. Uh, Sal, you have one more unique hobby, I think. I wouldn't say unique, but it's definitely very close to unique, that you go to conventions like we do as often as you can, and you have a very special thing that you take with you that you are known for.
2: I am known for, and I have made amazing connections with, and I've met the most incredible people with, my werewolves. Um, I have a pack of werewolves that I, I go with. And I don't mean full size. I mean, baby werewolves. They're called pups. And I was one of the first to um, take them out in public and display and have them. And Stella is world famous. She has met more celebrities than I have. And she has been on more celebrity Instagrams than I can count. And and more than I have met, she's been into the green rooms of all these big conventions where I just wait for her to come back out, and it's amazing. My my wear pups, they're they're made by Asia Erickson, but I collect them, and they're fantastic. I have four now. Right I have Stella and Matilda, Oliver, and I have my newest one is Anderson. They're they're so much fun, and I have Stella registered as. Uh, an emotional support werewolf. <laughs> so um, she has her little ESA on and um, I, that's what I used her for because her weight is that of an infant and she keeps my anxiety in check and she's an amazing creature. And she was a spokes pup for Hellview for
0: a couple oh, years there. Years. Yeah. We had, we had Silas first and then their granddaddy and uh, and then, and then the babies and they are amazing. And I'll never forget uh our wonderful friend from true blood uh pam whose actress name is escaping me from the moment
2: kristen bauer van stratton
0: yeah thank you thank yeah. you yeah when she met them and then talked about them on the next on a podcast okay. it was on like immediately after it was hysterical because <laughs> uh, we, we we went to
2: dragon and dragon is hugely overwhelming and um we we met the stars of true blood which is nelson ellis and um uh, Mike McMillan, and we put, met Kristen Bauer van Stratton. And so they are really cool, and we went about our life. However, after DragonCon, we came home. We're settling back into normal life. And it was that week that the Nerdist, um, which is ID10T now, but it was the Nerdist then, uh, the podcast dropped with Chris Hardwick and Kristen Bauer van Stratton. And at the five-minute mark, they started talking about me and she did this whole thing and i I nearly wrecked the car because i was getting all these texts like oh my god and a text that says you can't you won't believe this and i'm like holy shit did somebody get in trouble Is someone in the accident they said you gotta you gotta turn on the nerds podcast and so i did and i I fell out so there's this section where chris hardwick and christopher van stratton were talking about stella and i and the meeting at dragon con it was it was to this day. I I listen to it and I'm like, I can't believe this even actually happened to me. <laughs> yeah,
0: she doesn't even she does an impression well, of you. It's pretty epic. So.
1: <laughs> well, we'll have to get a picture from you of these lovely. Oh yeah, we
0: will put them children, on all our socials. And we'll
1: have to get a link yeah. to if anybody Say, wants one themselves. Yeah. But okay, shameless self promotion time, Sally.
0: Yeah, where can we find you online? If someone has Dogman questions or other um, questions.
2: Honestly, um, since I had all of my social media accounts hacked and dispersed, I am under Salea McKenzie, and it's S A L L E A McKenzie, M C K E N uh, Z I E, which is an old family name, which I found out that I'm Scottish. Weird. Um, so, Salea McKenzie, and that's either on, on my Insta or my uh, Facebook, or you can find me at Where Pup Mom and Instagram. So, there I am. All and right. if you have a burning question that you want to talk to me privately, lady S van Helsing at gmail.com.
1: Very right. cool. We'll make sure all those links are in the podcast notes. And Sally, it has been amazing to meet you. Mark has talked nonstop about you. So I'm so glad you were able to join us and speak about dog man among other things. So listeners, Here's your Dog Man episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 and uh, and, we'll, we'll have, we, and please keep sending your tales, keep sleep, sending your you know questions to us. We uh, we have a couple listener tales and listener questions episodes lined up coming very soon. We yeah. all love them, and then we'll continue Nightmare November with uh, more coming soon. But uh, with that, gang, thank you so much again, Sally, for for joining us. Thank and- you for having. Me. And welcome, Bo. Hey, welcome, Bo. You'll want to join us. All right, gang. So, out there, when you're out in the woods at night and you hear your voice calling, or if you see that glowing red eye shine, you know what to do. Run Time faster than your friends. <laughs> Run faster
2: you. than your friends. <laughs>
0: yep. And we will see you on the other side.